pick a window. Wow. I don't know about the costume, but that's some set of wheels. Hi, I'm Marv Wolfman, and you're listening to the world's greatest comic book podcast. You're listening to the world's greatest comic book podcast, and I am your host, the radioactive professor of all things comic book, J.C. Carter. Joining me today on the show, my super friends in the North, our punk pixie, Miss Jocelyn Christensen. Hi, guys. And on the bridge of his own private enterprise, our very own Admiral James Tiberius Batman, the dancing Laird Jeff Bell. What was, I didn't quite catch that. That was a little quiet. I'm just kidding. I'm totally quiet. kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Yeah, totally kidding. Fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Cox. <or> fucking. <laughs> biter. Biter. Sucker's a hero. You remember that. That's right. Sucker's a hero. Cock biting motherfucker. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Hi. Hi, everybody. How's Hi, guys. Everybody? Oh, I'm good. I got. I had a week full of um, spending time with family from New Jersey, so that was fun. So, yeah, I was busy, but loved it. How about you guys? How's your week been? What's new? Oh, your I am now a man of letters. <gasps> yes, I saw that. Not, uh, not uh, you know, MA or PhD or anything fancy like that. Uh, no, I had to take over doing the letters for my comic book. Uh, fortunately, my letterer, Andy, came over and he hooked me up with his whole system of doing it uh, in Microsoft, or not Microsoft, fuck Microsoft, uh, Adobe, <laughs> Adobe Illustrator, and... Um, which is software I'm, I'm really familiar with, but I haven't had to use for a while now. They've made some changes. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, I could still find things, Windows, uh, but I could uh, I could get in and um, uh, anyway, he he set me up with a with the the desktop that he uses, and at first I was a little intimidated. You know, seems like you know because I remember how what what a pain it was before. And uh, and then sooner or later, boom, got it. I was like, oh, well, I finally had to tell myself, dummy, you're a graphic designer. This is no different than trying to design a poster or something like that. There are rules you follow, stick to the rules, and then use those rules to make it better. And I did, and I had a great time. Nice. And cranked out and cranked it out in a week. Sent it back to Andy. He gave me some notes in Dr. Volts, which was really funny. Because, um, like, I finish it up on Friday. I get it done. I send it. And I get in the car and I go to Dr. Volts. And Andy's there. He's like, hey, Carter. Hey, I got your email. I have notes. I'm like, already? He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you <laughs> so something about Andy. Let me tell you something about no matter how much I love this guy. And I love him <laughs> to tiny, itty-bitty little pieces. Love that, that man. guy is so good at feeding imposter syndrome. It is not even funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's like I, he, he did a review of my, my portfolio site, which is imperfect, you know, but his brutal honesty was just like, well, fuck, man, maybe I should just go back into food service. 
<laughs> right? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he, I did not. I did yeah. not. I did not have a fun review. No, I did not. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's he's uh, he's very very good. And uh, it, you do you feel like uh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this anymore? No, he he gave me a, he he was very positive with it. He said you need to do this, you need to do this, and I went back and did them all, and then made even more changes, and was very happy with it. I don't know if I'm proud, but nobody came back and said, "Wow, the letters sucked." After they got the digital edition, so <laughs> at least that's there. Nice. And honestly, when it comes to lettering, we talked. I've talked about this with both Andy and and, uh, and our, our good buddy Chris, that when when lettering is right, you don't notice it. It's just right. part of the background. It's kind of like a soundtrack. You sometimes don't even notice it unless you know to look for it or know to listen for it. In this case, it was soundtrack. Um, in this case, it was, yeah, I, I'm like, as long as nobody notices the lettering, uh, then we're good, you know? As long as they get the story and and don't and aren't bothered by it, then we're good. And I think that was the case. So, at least so far, it's the case. All the feedback I've gotten, yeah, I got feedback on the story. You know, the little story thing I did in there in this issue, and I was like, "Huh, that's the first time anybody's given me any kind of feedback on the story itself. That's really cool." They were like, yeah, that's something that would never happen. But, you know, it ha they do this all the time in detective stories. So, I, you know, we're, I'm giving it a pass. And I'm like, actually, with the LAPD, it does happen. And <laughs> I won't try to, you know, be that guy that says, well, actually. But, yeah, it was uh, it was funny that I got that. And I was like, mm, you know, I took that from a real thing. But I that, had that's a hard okay. time with that, with something I watched last night. Um it was uh, uh, oh hell, what the fuck is her name? She she's the voice of Lois Griffin. How have I forgotten her name all of a sudden? Uh, Alex, yeah, Alex Bornstein. Yeah, and she was doing a bit, you know, she was doing a bit, and it was a it was a pro feminism bit, and I'm like all for the message, but she did it by uh, entangling Wonder Woman in it, and got nine out of ten things about Wonder Woman wrong. Oh. <laughs> and I'm just and I'm just laying there watching it and I'm laughing because she's being funny, but at the same time mm -hmm. I'm uncomfortable and I guess I was squirming and, and Tiffany looked over and was like, Do you need to say something? <laughs> <laughs> Is she getting it wrong? I'm like, She's getting it all wrong. It's wrong. Wonder Woman is a paragon for strength and womanhood and doesn't need to be reduced to her only power is her lasso? Come on, Bornstein! <laughs> you know better. Go talk to Seth. Right. Yeah, Seth, Seth will set you straight. <laughs> In song. Yes. Or as Stewie. <laughs> oh, Lewis. He'll, he'll do Stewie in song saying, look, Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Tell Wonder me. Woman is a fine lady. <laughs> yeah, I, it's just, I don't know. It. Uh, it's like you made yeah. a point and the ignorant got your point. And those of us who know a couple things about dipshit are just like, like the top of my head's ready to pop off. And the liberal in me is like, shut up. She's making a good point. And I'm like, I get that. But you could still make a good point with all the facts. <laughs> True. Wonder Woman can fucking fly. She could beat up mm -hmm. Superman for Christ's sake. She's the yeah. daughter of a god. She's not just a lady who found a piece of dental floss. 
There, I've had my say. Okay. <laughs> Those pesky feminists. <laughs> we are a we are a random bunch of people. That's that's who are a little bit of a pain in the butt. But. So I will be I will be drafting an open letter to Alex in my uh, in my <laughs> sub stack here pretty soon. Yep, there you go. Dear ignorance on feet. <laughs> know your super heroines. Oh, you know, you want right. to go with a powerless heroine. Liberty Bell's a pretty good pick. I mean, you got what is she? Yep. She wears a t-shirt with a bell on it. That's her superpower. You know, let's go ahead and light her up for the choice of feminism, you know, moving forward. That makes sense to me. I'm fine. She's getting a raw deal. At the same time, Wonder Woman's pretty fucking kick-ass. Just because she's into bondage doesn't mean you have to kink shame. <laughs> right? Where are my glasses? I have to well actually on that one. Oh, dear. Well, actually... She's into bondage. Um, I've seen the pictures. Larry Bell gets a, a strength increase. Uh, that's by wearing the piece of the Larry Bell, quote-unquote... That she wears as a belt buckle, it gives her strength and, and speed increase. Good, then she'll be really good at an arm wrestling competition. But she's yep, no is... Wonder Woman level superhero. No, she's not. No, she's not Wonder Woman's level. But uh, she's not, you know, Batgirl. She's stronger and faster. So, so basically, she's got the 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 power of Reaganomics, American <laughs> exceptionalism. Is that? That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm wearing little a, a little bit of American power. I'm wearing a piece of a bell that broke. I'm powerful. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a weird I'm like, where did, what part of this historic piece of you know of Americana did they pull this did they get the belt buckle from? <laughs> the belt the the bell didn't break into little pieces, it just cracked. There's you know, I'm like, yeah, I think somebody tried to explain once, oh, it's a piece of the clapper, and I'm like why would they cut off a piece of the clapper? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway. That doesn't make a lot of sense. But you know what makes a lot of sense? Getting off of the show. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's do that. We're at the 10-minute mark. We should probably move yep. forward. Let's Newsy go. time. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Uh, Days of Future Past. X-Men Days of Future Past star uh, Aiden Canto has passed away at fucking 42. Oh. He had appendiceal. I'm probably saying that wrong. Cancer. Appendicil. His appendix. He had appendix cancer. Which that's a thing. I went. I went. Wait, what? Don't they just cut that sucker out? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> the problem is, is much like any any like colon type cancer. By the time you yeah. realize you have it, it's so far gone. At it's least, so spread. At least I know it, I won't it, get this one. They call it appendiceal cancer because it started there. Right, right. <laughs> it's now moved to other places in your body, and you you aren't, you're not going to get rid of it. What know? the fuck okay. is, is even the point of an appendix other than medical debt? <laughs> that's it. That's it. Medical debt. <laughs> that's really medical it. Medical debt and possible cancer. That's the point, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I read I read there was something it did that you don't really need it to do, but it does it anyway, and so that's why it's there. But if they cut it out. You don't really, it doesn't really affect you. You know, not for nothing. I have no memory of being able to do math after I got my appendix out. <laughs> Maybe hey. that's it. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's your accounting organ. 
<laughs> Maybe so. Anyway, um, uh, Ada, Adam Kanto played Sunspot in Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. Um, not a huge role, but uh, he had stuff to do. It was pretty cool. I, I recognized him. Yeah. Because I you know know these X-Men and New Mutants characters. So, yeah, I, rec- I was like, oh, there's Sunspot. Yep. Um, anyway, outside of his X-Men work, Kanto uh, most recently starred in Fox's The Cleaning Lady. He was the show's male lead, but was unable to take part in shooting for season three when cameras started rolling last month due to, you know, the cancer. The cancer. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, you know, he was optimistic and thought he'd be back to work later in the season. Not on this mortal plane, sport. Nope. Nope. That sucks. I mean, that really sucks. Sorry, Aiden. Uh, In a letter to Marvel's Spider-Man community, uh, the model for MJ from the the video games, uh, Stephanie Tyler Jones, uh, has been facing harassment uh, and confirms that she has stopped auditioning altogether. Um, She asks Spider-Man fans to just respect that I am a human being. Oh, you're talking to the wrong crowd, sister. I'm yeah, sorry. Wrong crowd. Uh, I've, I've met these mouth breathers face to face. And like we had a guy who used to come in to the shop, you know, nice enough fellow to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Always got tongue tied around Christy. And then when Christy went on to her new job, uh, and she hadn't been in for a couple of weeks. He tiptoed, sidled sideways, crab walked basically up to the counter. was like, oh, uh, what happened to the female? To the female? Female still work here? Is she female? Female? And I'm like, oh. the female. And I'm like, Christy? Ew. He's like, yeah, 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 the female. And I'm like, I don't know, buddy. And deep inside, I'm like, you are creeping me the fuck out right now. Because you, I said her name and you couldn't even do that. You know, and don't get me wrong, you know, Christy's a smoke show. I can get how she would tongue tie a lot of guys. But still, mm-hmm. when she's not actively there. You can at least say her fucking name and not just her gender marker. Well, and if you, you know, what if you maybe, you know, and I'm like, I'm thinking, well, maybe he didn't know her name. So therefore he made a weird choice of words with the female. But then he continued with that. I'm like, mm, no, dude. Yep. no, dude, you're, you're no. now othering. You're now you othering. giving him entirely too much credit. Oh, I yeah, know wait. this guy. I've encountered this guy. I encounter this guy every day in my life. <laughs> no, he didn't make a weird choice of words. That no. is how he views the opposite sex, and it's mm-hmm. gross and icky. And just stop it. Not even, stop. not even, not even part of the race that he, the human race, not even part of his own species, is is how he sees it. Yeah, yep. How uh, he sees women. In a January eighth Instagram post uh, shared to Reddit, uh, mm-hmm. Jones wrote uh, over the weekend. Some followers crossed boundaries. One even went to the extent of calling my workplace and leaving multiple voicemails wanting to speak with me and requesting I call back, which is unacceptable and considered stalking. Um, with regards to her online presence, Joan says, my skincare page is not for Spider-Man or MJ fans. Bottom line is that I came into work this morning and immediately felt unsafe and uncomfortable hearing those voicemails. Please respect that I am a human being trying to make a living just like you, and I kindly ask for boundaries not to be crossed. That's fully fucking reasonable and shouldn't have had to be asked in the first place. Yeah, never should have needed to be asked. No. Um, Guy with a giant dong accepts Hollywood Walk of Fame star. (laughs) 
<laughs> saying, I can't stop smiling, probably while thinking about his giant dong. <laughs> By the way, everybody, in case you didn't know, Willem Dafoe had to do a nude scene in a movie once, and they had to go in and airbrush half his penis away because the director <laughs> believed it was so big, no one would believe it wasn't a prosthesis. <laughs> Willem um, Dafoe's like 5'6". Who believed that or just the director? I would say anybody who hadn't been with Willem Dafoe, probably. <laughs> yep. Everybody that had been with Willem Dafoe was probably like, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> uh, anyway, Willem Dafoe got his star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame, folks. Yeah. And somehow managed to get that kickstand out of the way so that he could get down and get his squatty picture with it. Oh, my God. I feel like I have to call this out because you literally did a story about objectifying women and now you're objectifying Willem Dafoe. Oh, no. This is just this is just jealousy. This has nothing to do yeah, with objectification. Jealousy, yeah. This just has to do with the fact that, you know, some people are hogging all the dick. <laughs> You got a 14-inch pecker, Willem Dafoe. I could use a couple, pal. Is that I will start a 501c3 if needed so that you can yes. write it off on your taxes. I need maybe three total, one and a half girth, one and a half length, and then I'm, I'm set. What do you say, pal? Share a little bit of the dick you've been hogging your whole life? Anyway, uh, okay. <laughs> Got awkward. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan Majors got more bad news. Womp womp. Yeah, it was reported that uh, uh, Magazine Dreams, a major le a majors led drama, uh, we talked about this, had been pulled from its December release. Mm -hmm. It's now been revealed that the film may have its release entirely shelved. Officially. Searchlight has stayed completely silent on Major's legal battle and the potential release plans for Magazine Dreams, but insiders reported that they, quote, do not see a scenario in which Searchlight opens the movies on the big screen. Uh, that fucker's going straight to video. That's what it's doing. Mm -hmm. If that. I kind of struggle with that decision, though, because a movie is more than just Jonathan Majors. Yeah, but everybody got I mean, paid for it but the studio, and if the studio gets yeah, hurt... that's true, I guess. Well... Whoop -de -shit. Well, I mean, in the end, just take, you know, we've we've learned from uh, uh, M what, not whoever owns HBO now. Uh, but yeah, Warner Brothers Discovery that all you got to do is write it off. It's worth more right. money if you write it off because they did that to Batgirl. So, right. yeah, it, yeah, these these actors all got paid. They could all put it down as a credit. Everybody knows it was made, but yeah. nobody ever got to see it because it was written off. And they destroyed the, the film. And they could do the same thing with this. Though if they're shelving it, they may wait until he's out of jail to see if things turn around and then they'll then they could release it later. Maybe. Maybe. Straight to video or something. Or in this case, straight to streaming. Yep. But yep. this has been Major's Watch. And that is it for the news. Alright, we're gonna take a little break and when we come back, we're talking moving pictures. came across someone struggling with hunger, 
how would you recognize them? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, this is Elena Huffman, Abaddon on Supernatural, and you are listening to the world's greatest comic book podcast. nothing wrong with your television do not attempt to adjust the picture so what have you guys been watching on the moving pictures this week just i have been having some serious daredevil withdrawal um and i was flipping through and i was like i don't really like i've watched daredevil i don't know how many billions of times let's be Mm -hmm. honest and so i was like i don't know that i really want to watch that and then i was like "Ooh, jessica jones too Ooh, the Defenders. So I started a rewatch of Defenders, and I think I must have only watched the Defenders once because I am loving it, and I'm still. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh yeah. So that's been fun. Um, I watched the first, I don't know, two or three of those, um, mm-hmm. and then I also needed kind of a, a lighter pick me up show, and went with <laughs> She Hulk. Mm-hmm. And did a rewatch of She-Hulk, which was also just exactly what I needed at the time because it is so fun and lighthearted and breaks that fourth wall. It just was perfect. And smashing um, Matt Murdock. And yes. smashing Matt Murdock. Matt Murdock was <laughs> up nice. Uh, yep. So then, yeah. So then we watched that, and then of course, Echo dropped. And yes. so I got to watch Echo, which I know you guys watched, and we'll talk about probably at the end. So, yes. what'd you watch, Jeff? I had a big week. Um, watched nice. all of Echo. Yes. Uh, very mm-hmm. happy with that. Um, finished off Monarch. Very unhappy with that. Ooh. I didn't realize I was watching the finale. It didn't feel like a finale. It just got to the end, and I'm like, wait, what? Uh, you know? That... I mean, it was a big episode, yep. blah, 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 but truth is, they would have been better off ending it when they uh, found Godzilla in the desert. Hmm. That would have been a, that would have been a good cliffhanger to wait to go to season two, you know, you know, with a lot of unresolved bullshit. But still, they could have moved right. it around. They could have fixed that. Um, what else? Uh, oh, uh, it turns out Tiffany has never seen Leon the Professional. Mm. No women, no kids. That is the rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we watched the first third of that. Until she fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. When I when I watched the fuck out of that movie in the early nineties, um, mm-hmm. it never resonated with me. You know the Lolita factor of it. But that was just, and I haven't seen it in what fifteen, sixteen years now. And mm-hmm. watched it again, I was like, oh, oh. There's a lot more layers to this onion than I was previously really consciously aware of. Um, yeah, it's it's a hard it's a hard one to not go. Should we keep innocent on this one or not? <laughs> I, yep. For my own sanity, I stayed innocent on it. You know, like yep. oh, it's just an innocent relationship, a platonic relationship. But uh, well, yeah. that I think of falling in love with you, Leon, and you're like, oh, oh, 
I don't remember that line. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Lyft. I watched Lyft. What's Lyft? It's Kevin Hart's new Netflix action thriller. Is no. it good? No. I like Kevin Hart. It's I he makes me laugh and then I get to the end and I'm like, uh I guess I would have rather watched Aquaman too. Um <laughs> Oh, by I the way, in that. So Because I forgot we didn't record last week. Yeah, I went and saw Aquaman 2. Oh, how was it? I tell you what, let me give it the best compliment I possibly can. <clears throat> la la la. It's better than Aquaman 1. <laughs> but you know that's a low bar right that's a very low bar it's yeah. not just because you didn't have to sit through like character setup like you already knew who was the players were we did we knew who everybody was we knew who was alive and who was dead um and i'll admit it jason momoa has an infectious laugh and when he's having fun on screen you're having fun with him you that know is true. it's that is just true. it's just the fact that, that this would have been the best episode of Stargate Atlantis of all time had it not been an Aquaman 2 movie. You know what I'm there saying? You go. That's what I'm saying. I get that. I get that. I all get right. that. What have you been watching? Um, a whole lot of trying to get everybody together to watch the shows we were watching together. I finally got everybody together last night, and we watched an episode of Reacher, which I'm like, I want to get through Reacher. I want to get through Monarch. Same. But I can't get them all together to watch it, so it's making me buggy. Um, I did watch uh, on the uh, cult history or the cult movie channel. I watched uh, uh, the the first Harley Quinn movie that we forget is a Harley Quinn movie because, as far as I'm concerned, it's a Harley Quinn movie. It stars Lori Petty. Oh, Tank Girl! Tank Girl, yeah, that's a good one. Lori Petty, in my opinion, was the first Harley Quinn because I'm watching Tank Girl going, this is fucking Harley Quinn. This is Harley Quinn this whole time. It's Harley Quinn. I didn't if, even realize it. If now, I can, now I go back and go, well, actually, Harley Quinn is Tank Girl because she's before. Yeah. <laughs> if I can interject really quick. Over yes. there at Dr. Volt's Comics, 2043 East, 3300 South at Salt Lake City, Utah, I just got an influx of Tank Girl comics in. Uh, because oh, for yeah? some reason, people have been asking for them lately. So I went ahead and upped my yeah. order on it. And uh, I am as stocked on Tank Girl as you can currently get in print. I was nice. I was just looking at picking up the three-volume set and wanted to come into Dr. Volts to see if you had it. So. Yeah. Uh, shoot Braxton a message. Make sure. I mean, I might have the three volumes, but I don't know if I have them as a set. No, it wouldn't matter. I could get the three volumes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, the set is like fifty bucks through directly through the publisher, hundred bucks through Amazon. I was like, <laughs> buying it through the publisher unless I can get it at Volts. So yeah, um, no, it was fun. It was a lot of fun to watch it again. And I was like, God, I got to go back and read those because I haven't read. I didn't. I didn't own any of them. I'd read them like you know, in the shop because they didn't bag them. They didn't bag their books or something. I'd flip through one or something. But yeah, I never got into it. So uh, yeah, I want to read them now fully. Um, and then I watched, uh, Echo because I said, I need to watch this. I don't care if you're not coming upstairs <laughs> Fair. and I watched the whole thing in one night. Wow. That's impressive. It took me, we watched it in two separate sittings, but it was mm-hmm. over the course of the week. Like we watched it and then a few days later finished it. Mm-hmm. So. Same, same. I had the time. I had the inclination. 
I was able to focus on the on the show the whole time, despite Michelle getting up and get, getting up and leaving and coming back and not and falling asleep. I'm like, I don't care. I'm having a great time. I'm going to watch this. Half the cast of Reservation Dogs is in this fucking series, yep. and I'm going to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> the girl, uh, you know, her best friend that she left behind, the, the best friend she left behind. Um, is the is the main is the main girl in Reservation Dogs, the, that actress, and I was like, I'm fucking here for this show. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Graham Greene, oh my god, yes, he's such a delight. I loved every minute of his screen time in this show. He was mm-hmm. so good, so good. So first episode i won't give a spoiler as to the cameo i know joss was happy uh but the uh the the cameo actually ties it back to the comic books yes which was really cool yep ties it back to the comic books and echoes appearances in the comics um and then uh the resolution question mark at the end is also a lot like the comics except it's not the phoenix force and because uh, that's what Echo has in the comics, because in the comics, her power was basically Taskmaster's power, which right. is she can she watches somebody do something and she can do it. Right. You know, fighting or whatever. And um, hence the name Echo. She can echo your ability. Um, but uh, in this one, she's just a badass fighter. Um, and then uh, she becomes a. They never even get into the idea that she could just mimic someone's fighting abilities in the Yet. in the new series. Yet they haven't gotten into that. But this whole the whole thing with her, you know, the power of her people, the power of her tribe is a lot like the Phoenix Force that she gets in the comics. And Jean Grey went to her after she gained the Phoenix Force and she said it was too much for me. You need to share the power. Mm-hmm. And we saw that. So and then the ending with Kingpin fucking right in the line. I'm like, this is just following along with what I expect to happen. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. It was, was also so an ending happy. that caught me a little by surprise. All of a sudden, poof. I was like, wait, what? That was fast. Mm. That was a yeah. resolve. So that lets me know that they, they will be popping up again. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Which is nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Cause... Yeah, she was, she was amazing. Um, the, the, I think the most moving performance with ASL in it was from the grandma. Mm. Yes. You know, yes. who it is my belief probably knew ASL before the show. Cause she's not used to talking while she's signing. That's why she kept whispering. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, right. just an impression. I don't know. But no, no, it was it was very accurate. That's very accurate. And even if she didn't know that she somebody she figured that out watching people sign because, um, you know, her daughter was born deaf. We know that. Yep. And then, of course, her granddaughter born deaf. So, yeah. But yeah, no, what Uh a what a beautiful show. I would love this isn't a spoiler. I would love that little machine. That you can you can give the eyepiece to the deaf person and it signs for oh, you. Yes. That would be fucking awesome. Yes. 
That yep. would be awesome. Not going to tell you anything else about that bit, but what a neat piece of technology that would be. Uh, right. My first, my first thought when I when they when they introduced that into the show, I was like, "That's Stark Tech." Yeah. <laughs> That's something Tony Stark came up with. I know it. I know it. But you could yeah. probably figure out a way to do that with a phone. Mm-hmm. Probably. So how about how about we quit AI art and we go work on AI signing? There you go. That'd be yeah. awesome, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I could work in both directions. I can, be, I can think it up. I just can't program it. Well, I like the idea because you could hold your phone up in front of you and it would give the ASL stuff as you do it. And yeah, I don't know. It's there. It exists. But yeah, no, Echo was fucking great. Yeah. It was great. And I think it deserved more fanfare. It deserved more than it got. And uh, I'm kind of pissed about uh, one of the things we'll be talking about in a story coming up here, because um, it deserves a lot better. It's so good. If you right. haven't seen it and you've been hesitating because you're burned out, blah, 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 go fucking watch it. It is so good. Bitch. It is well, so good. And I think it, I think it was not beneficial <clears throat> that they dropped it all at once. Yeah. Every every other Marvel show has been a one one uh-huh. a week situation. And so then you get that little bit of chatter. Oh my God, what happened this week? What's going to happen well, this week? Whereas felt- when you drop it all at once, you know, I was just avoiding spoilers. So I wasn't looking up things. I wasn't talking to people about it because I hadn't seen it all yet. Yeah. That felt like, um, uh, what's his name? The the CEO who was... Kevin. Yeah. The guy <laughs> was... Not Kevin, the other one. Uh, the one who was blaming, um, you oh, know, the... Carol Mutter? Isn't that Perlmutter? No. no, it's I can't remember his name. It's not. I, I wanted to say Perlmutter. I'm like, no, he's over Marvel and Marvel itself. Um, no, it was another guy. But anyway, he was saying uh, Eisner. Is it Eisner? Maybe. Um, but anyway, he was saying how you know uh, the reason why the Marvels failed is because Marvel Studios has just gotten too you know is is just doesn't have any oversight and they need to step in for oversight. And I'm like, yeah, here's Perlmutter. Yeah, here's his here's his fucking oversight right here is we'll just drop everything at once and let people watch it. It also came up as um uh the the new Marvel whatever. It's right, like right at the beginning. Marvel What's Spotlight. That? Marvel Spotlight. Marvel Spotlight. So it's part of the new Marvel Spotlight like saying this isn't part of the the overall MCU and I'm like, well it is. It's just not part of the driving plot of whatever the movies are going to wind up doing. If they ever get around to it. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go watch it, folks. It was good. Yeah. It's really good. If you liked Reservation Dogs, you'll like this. Hell, if you liked, um, uh, what was that cowboy show we watched? Uh, the Detective or The Sheriff. Long, Long, Longmire. Oh. If you like Longmire... There's a guy from Longmire in this, too. He's also in Reservation Dogs, because, you know, you need a Native American guy, he's going to be there for you. Because <laughs> he played her dad in uh, Echo. Yeah. The oh, guy who played her dad. Right. No. Uh, maybe it wasn't her dad. No, who played oh, her dad? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that, yeah. Not her grandpa, her dad. Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. you're talking about. Gra- so. Graham Greene was grandpa. No, her okay. dad, um, you know, the, the one that mom yeah. didn't care care for. 
he's he's he was in Longmire as a cop. He was in Reservation Dogs as a cop. So I'm like, oh, he's not playing a cop. <laughs> <laughs> and even as a bad guy, he's just I just want to hug him. I do. I love that guy so much. (laughs) I just love him so much. (laughs) Yeah. Loved him in Longmire. Yep. Yeah. I just love him so much. Anyway. That was, I was, uh, I was, I'm not going to say forced, but I was uh, led Mm -hmm. maybe to watching The Meg and The Meg 2. Okay. And uh, Longmire, the sheriff, plays the doctor in The Meg. Oh. I think I think I knew that because I've seen the Meg, and I don't know why. When you have all these different accents in that goddamn show, why he couldn't just use his normal fucking voice, but instead, you know, he's he's doing his American drawl that he does so well. But you know, when he's speaking in his (laughs) Australian drawl, I I like it more. Hmm. Just saying, just throwing that out there. Anyway, Mm -hmm. moving on. It's probably time for the news. Yes, let's do some news. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice... Jesse Eisenberg has a nice piece of advice for Nicholas Holt before he becomes Lex Luthor for James Gunn's DCU. Don't watch me. (laughs) (laughs) Jesse, that is great advice for everyone. (laughs) I like some of his stuff. I like Jesse Eisenberg and everything but Batman v Soup. Yep. Because I don't know why he decided he was going to do the Joker as Lex Luthor... It really bothered me. I don't like it. I only we watched it recently, or I watched parts of it again recently because Michelle has wanted to see everything that uh, Wonder Woman had shown up in, and I was like, "Oh boy, that's that's some bad movies." But okay, let me tell you what she's shown up in, <laughs> and yep. uh, you know, like the Flash. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Anyway. Um... There is rumor that a new uh, Star Trek movie is coming mm-hmm. out that will explore the origins of Starfleet. So this oh, so this will be Enterprise. Yeah, it'll be on his Kelvin timeline, but before his Kelvin timeline took place, so not actually in the Kelvin timeline. So the uh, actual timeline, right? Okay, <laughs> be the actual timeline, unless you're going to do post post Hemsworth. Right. Yeah. So post Hemsworth, post the birth of Kirk, but those twenty years leading up to Kirk becoming, joining Starfleet and becoming the youngest captain because of reasons, because that would be interesting. Because it's the idea of we can't go with just these little exploratory ships. We've got to build big warships because of what that fucking thing was, and we don't know where it is now. Maybe. Yeah. That Maybe. would be that would be kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm more of the. You know, this I I thinking I'm thinking just from what they're saying that this will be mm-hmm. before that. Mm. So we'll we'll watch Starfleet grow. I in my heart of hearts would love you know, like a like a like a West Wing but the halls of Starfleet kind of thing. You know, like a like a mock UN, yeah. and it's all just fucking arguing and shit with occasional uh, spaceship travel, just to get somewhere to have more talks. You know, <laughs> as long as it's well written, I can take it. If it's not, it's just fucking all the worst TNG episodes. Yeah, the yeah. the the stuff where it's like, oh my god, just do something. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's just it. Is it's like Picard basically coined the frame space talk. Yes. Yep. Where are we going? Ah. Uh, Warp nine. There's a conversation to be had. <laughs> Engage. It's time for chit chat. Make it so. 
<laughs> so anyway, just a rumor. I'm not spending a lot of time on rumors anymore. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio reveals why Marvel finally made Netflix's Daredevil series canon. I could sum this up with, because it's good. Because why wouldn't you? Yeah. It, st- it impacts nothing in the overall movie universe. Yeah. Well, we already know that basically they made they made they shot some footage of Daredevil: Born Again, showed it to Disney Studios, and they went, "Uh, no, no, none of that. No, keep keep Charlie, keep uh Vince, but no, none of that's working. Yep. You're fired. We're hiring new show. We're hiring new showrunners." And then D'Onofrio's like, "Well, you know what the problem is? You want it to be as good as the, as the Netflix series, but you're not." letting it be a continuation of the Netflix series. <laughs> and there's no reason for it not to be. Exactly. Yeah, another it's rumor exactly that came out Yeah, that came out this week was that uh um Ah, oh, fuck it. We're talking about that in a sec. Sorry, jumping ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh da, 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 da. Star Wars announces a new movie, The Mandalorian and Grogu from director <laughs> John Favreau. This this oh, that this sounds is great. This is one that's guaranteed butts and seats. That's all there is to it. There are going to be butts and seats. You know, I'll go see it. Yeah. You know, and then there's all this uh, this uh, fuff running around about a new Star Wars movie with uh, starring uh, uh, Daisy Ridley mm-hmm. as Rey. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to that. But of course, the 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 comics gate guys are just having a fucking tiz with it. Well, but of course they are. Look for that's Mandalorian and the Grogu in 2025. Mm-hmm. Okay, Joss, gird your I'm loins. Ready. I'm girding them. Our flag means death has been canceled at Max. I, okay. The pirate comedy starring Rise Davies and Taika Waititi <laughs> ran for only two short seasons on the streamer. <sighs> I've heard the- really good things, but I've never been able to get into it. Yeah, of all the Taika Waititi things I've watched, that's not one of them. It was funny. Yeah. Uh, I watched season one. It was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, but then again, so was Taika Waititi's soccer movie, and that didn't do very well either. Yeah. But that thing sat on the shelf for like six years, so not his fault. No. Um, the uh, Echo nearly sets an unfortunate MCU record at Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Echo is the second worst rated MCU Disney Plus TV show of all time following its release. Currently a 73% critical rating. Eh, fuck them. They don't get it. Despite being rated fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, only Secret Invasion, 53%, had a lower score than Echo. But you know what? I mean, that's 20 fucking points. I think it's okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This right. is just yeah. CBR being a little, little comic skatey. Little. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's a, it's, it's, it's to be, it's to get clickbait and be controversial. I don't know. Um, it's funny. I was looking at Captain Marvel on the uh, the Plex because uh, they'll they'll show you all the the Rotten Tomatoes and stuff for for the for different shows and movies and stuff if they've got them. And on the the Plex, what it was like, it showed it's a sixty three percent. We already knew that Captain Marvel's a sixty three percent. So you go down and you can actually see some of the reviews. And everyone that was a was a rotten, you know, the green splat was a male reviewer, and all the fresh ones. We're, we're female reviewers all the way uh, for captain Mar- for oh, the marvels I and i was am like so startled yeah i'm like oh 
I'm shocked. There now, not all. Now there weren't all of them. There was one female reviewer who splatted it, but her issue was actually plot related, not anything else. And then um, one, a couple of male reviewers who, who who gave it a fresh rating, but they weren't that. There it was. The first like ten were male splat, female fresh, male splat, female fresh, all the way across. It was just it was cracking me up as I was looking at it. Because that's so, how they that's how the Marvels went this time, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I've got uh, I got two more pieces of Daredevil news for you. I'm mm-hmm. ready. Uh, the first being they're going to roll back the episode count from 18 to 12. Damn it! Um, mm-hmm. No, you know what? I think that's fine. You're going to get a lot less fuff. I don't care. I know. It's Charlie Cox. Give me all of it. <laughs> you want all of the Cox? Yes. She wants every. Yes, she I wants... do. She wants every inch of that cox that you could give her. <laughs> Just give me yeah, more and more cox. You guys go on and speak your double entendres. <laughs> I don't think it's a double at all. I don't They're even... just full on entendres. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just dick jokes at this point. I don't know that we're we're being French at all. I was uh, going to make a comment about Willem Dafoe needs to be in the show then. Um... I knew it. I knew that was coming too. I was ready. No, no, no. She could take all that. of the Charlie Cox, but the William Cox are just too much for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's all willem, willem all right fewer episodes <laughs> i'm sorry you're gonna get less cocks <laughs> <laughs> um anyway spoiler wordy we should put a disclaimer at the front of this episode that if you don't <laughs> like dick jokes this is not the no, why the hell are you listening to our shows yeah. <laughs> But I'm just saying, if uh, well known for being politics and dick jokes over on the on the left show, so I don't know why it wouldn't be any different here. If this episode isn't named "Take All the Cocks," <laughs> we've missed it. So the other report uh, that Deborah Ann Wool and Eldon Henson are also returning for Born Again, as they'd have to now that it's canon. Mm-hmm. Right. So but, yeah, yeah, because they didn't die. So right. You have a hard time explaining why there's no Foggy Nelson. So I love Deborah Ann Wall and I love her as Karen Page. And I could have lived without Karen Page showing up in yes. Born Again. I, I could have lived, lived with... without Karen Page, yeah. But I am so happy to have the best, the best. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at you, John Favreau. The best Foggy Nelson. Yes. Back. Yes. Yes. He, Eldon, is just, he's so, mm-hmm. he's so good. He's yes. just. He just does embody the character of Foggy Nelson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I mean, maybe this could have been a bring back Terrence Howard as Foggy. No. Just don't say anything about it. Just let it go. <laughs> Be a way for Terrence uh, Howard to get back into the family. Right. I always said, let's bring him back as Kang now. You know, there you go. I I really, I, it's the problem with it is I just, I really like Terrence Howard. Mm -hmm. I really do. And, and I understand that he wanted more money. I totally get that. But you're Terrence Howard. You're not Robert Downey Jr. You guys, Mm -hmm. you guys don't get equity. (laughs) You know, I'm sorry. He made his deal. You made your deal. You move on to the next one, you get a better deal, but you don't get the same deal as a guy who's been acting for 40 fucking years, <laughs> you know, and is Iron Man in the movie called 
Iron Man, not <laughs> Rhodey's best friend, Iron Man. <laughs> Just saying. Anyway. Um, anyway. And then the last one is still in a rumor phase. Uh, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but apparently uh, BBC and Bad Wolf have reportedly replaced Millie Gibson as Doctor Who's companion after she filmed just one season as the new sidekick. Um, well, they're making this a big controversy right now on the interwebs that she only did one season. What was wrong? And I'm like, it was probably written that way. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, that's not uncommon. No. Right? Like, a. Uh, uh across the board with Doctor Who? Yeah, not not it's it's a little odd for a, uh, a companion to leave after only one season. Only Martha did that. But it's not uncommon to have a story that has a conclusion where the companion leaves. Yep. So, yep. I think that's that's fair. You know, he may I think it was planned myself. I do. I think it was planned. If it's if it's a true if the rumor is true and there was something the shooty was supposed to have said today and I didn't look at it. But uh if there, if it's true, then yeah, I think it's planned. Yeah. Yep, there you go. That's it for the news. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're talking comics. My name is Peter Davison. I played the Fifth Doctor, and you're listening to the world's greatest comic book podcast. <laughs> Neil Armstrong waited six hours and 39 minutes to step onto the surface of the moon. Jackie Robinson waited 20 months to play his first game with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And even DiCaprio had to wait 22 years to win an Oscar. You can wait until your destination. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you're listening to me on the world's greatest comic book podcast. Wah, wah, wah. All right, I I I forgot to say what I one of the things I'd watched last week. Um, I just wanted to do it quickly. It was a uh, laugh last comic or something like that. I want to say last comic standing, but that's not it. But it was uh, Laugh Out Loud, uh, Ireland. Um, Last One Laughing. There we go. Jesus Christ. Last One Laughing, Ireland. Uh, All these Irish comedians stuck in a room for six hours. This was done on uh, Prime. You can watch it on Prime. Um, The host is Graham Norton, and it is so fucking funny. Very specific to Ireland. I didn't. I was like, wait, I don't know what this is, but it's hilarious. And they were like, oh, no, this is the biggest thing in Ireland. And I was like, I had no idea. <laughs> nice. I don't, I don't watch a lot of Irish. I don't watch. I don't get Irish TV here. So, you know, there were, there were things I would have enjoyed. Well, watching. sir, yeah, you need a VPN is what you need. I do. I need a VPN. And, uh, you know, because I've been uh, watching settled. I've been watching a lot of English uh, FA Cup, the Emirates FA Cup. Yeah. And and. It ended up being far more expensive than I thought because I'm like, you know what? I'll I'll take a bite. I won't eat lunch for a few days. Um, you know, uh, I'll go without and I'll I'll pay for a month of ESPN Plus so I can watch the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one spread out longer than that, and two, <laughs> uh, and two, uh, it bounced my checking account and ended up costing that plus the fucking bounce check fee. Dang. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, I do too. I hate that. 
Oops. But let's dive into some comic book news. Now, that was a segue. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, Colombian artist Geraldine Fernandez is in a little bit of trouble on social media after trying, after lying to multiple news outlets about her work on Ghibli's The Boy and the Heron. Um, first reported on <laughs> Cartoon Brew, that future Pulitzer Prize winning group. Geraldine yes. Fernandez, a graphic designer at Colombian Glass a production company, Technoglass, uh, was able to convince multiple major Spanish media platforms that she'd worked hand-in-hand with the director and co-founder of Studio Ghibli, um, Mayo uh, Miyazaki. Yeah, Hayao um, Miyazaki. After the boy and the heron received the Golden Globe for Best Animated mm-hmm. Feature Film, uh, Fernandez's story went viral but was disproven after there was no record of her ever working on the project in any capacity at any time, ever, not once. Hey, I mean... Oopsie-daisy. Yep. Yeah, you're probably just enjoying it, and then all of a sudden it wins a Golden Globe, and you're like, oh, mared. Um, Keanu Reeves will be teaming with uh, with writer China Myville. Meville? Meville? It's got a thingy above the E. I don't know what that means. That's foreign. Mm. I'm an English major. Who puts things on top of letters like that? Let's go. That's that's people from other countries. Good Lord. <laughs> anyway, on a Berserker novel, Random House's Del Rey will uh, imprint for the publishing. Novel drops on July 23rd of this year. Norm North American Rights acquired on behalf of Del Rey by Ben Greenberg, editor-in-chief Vice President Random House from Laura Bonner and Eric Malone at WME. Mm-hmm. So that's coming. He really likes his character. Apparently. Well, and he's just like, I got an idea for a book book. Let's do a book. Okay, we'll do a book. China yes, Meadow looks like uh, Christopher Eccleston a little. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. So, Ultimate Invasion comes out mm-hmm. right and yes. and right. sells bleh, meh mm-hmm. boring everybody's like oh fuck hickman now we're gonna get charts and graphs and novelizations in the middle of our comic books it's hickman oh i don't want to read oh the ultimate universe oh woe is me what will i do causing mm-hmm. comic book shop uh, uh managers and owners all across the country as anecdotally i can tell by all the retail groups i'm a part of uh, to underorder the fuck out of Ultimate Spider-Man One, mm-hmm. because you had you had uh, an Ultimate tie-in, then you had uh, the four issues of Ultimate Invasion, and they all underperformed. And then Ultimate Spider-Man comes out. We had thirty copies hit the shelf Wednesday morning. Thirty copies right. gone before the end of day. Shut up. Yeah, never happens. I'm not surprised. Spidey not surprised. Fans. Yeah. Yeah, not surprised, especially when it comes to Ultimate Spider-Man. No, yeah. and now you got Ultimate Spider-Man wearing a beard, which actually works, and I find strange. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be talking about Ultimate Spider-Man here in a little bit. But yep. uh, it's getting a second printing that was announced, I believe, the day after Wednesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like New Comic Book Day, and then we all put in our, oh shit, I need more orders. You know? But the mm-hmm. way it works right. is they do your initial your initial order. 
and they print that plus 10%, give or take. It used to be more. Um, yeah. And that's, there was not enough ordered to meet to mm-hmm. So we got more coming. Uh, speaking of more coming, as it were, so to speak, eyebrow waggle. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, once upon a time, I read some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I went, oh, this is clever, and I like it. And, you know, Kevin Eastman's pretty good, and Laird's pretty good, and... Yeah, it was all right, but like I have told at the shop many, many times, is at that particular point in time, you're either a turtles guy or a tick guy, you know? Mm. And I, I just went with the, the wacky funster tick and really didn't read turtles, haven't read turtles its whole run, got a copy of Last Ronin and was like, holy shit, this is fucking great. And that was mm-hmm. Eastman and Laird, which makes mm-hmm. me want to go back and read some of their earlier stuff. Um, just a hole in my education. But, uh, you know, now that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ongoing main title will be written by fucking Jason Aaron (laughs) and his beard. Yep. uh, It looks like I'm going to start reading. The mighty Viking himself. God damn it. Jason Aaron. I was going to say, it looks like you're going to be a Turtles guy now. Well, fuck, Mm -hmm. I'm reading Superman again, thanks to him. God damn it. Oh, I mean, with the Bendis run, I had three or four good issues, and then I was like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. And so I'm hoping that's not what happens here. I'm looking for a Thor-level Jason Aaron experience, not an Avengers-level Jason experience. I thought his his Avengers run was good. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. but I, of course, much like anything Matt Fraction touches, I expected... Um, probably unfairly, more. Hmm. And a lot of what he did was good. I mean, all the stuff he did with Ghost Rider worked out pretty well, and I like the fact that they were in a fucking, you know, the corpse of a dead robot. I, I like that. That was Avengers Towers in the North Pole. Okay, a lot less damage there. <laughs> you know, true. polar bears Very are true. like, hey, yo, I get some fish. <laughs> anyway, Jason Aaron will be riding Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And that is it for the news. All right. Uh, let's talk about what we read this week. Uh, Joss? Ooh, start with me. Start with me. Uh, remember earlier in the show when I mentioned I had family in from New Jersey all week? Yep. Didn't read anything. <laughs> Long right. and the short of it. Just so. the riot act. I know. I know. Sorry, guys. But what did you guys read, Jeff? Yeah, Jeff I read... and I share a couple of books here. Yeah, I'm gonna, nice. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into Hellblazer real quick. Okay, Hellblazer uh, dead in America. Always happy to have a little Hellblazer to read. Mm-hmm. Um, I I enjoy the character. I've read everything he's ever been in. Um, mm-hmm. I love John Constantine, and and then in this one, there's a special cameo about halfway through, and I was like, oh, oh, okay, this is where this puts this in time. Mm-hmm. So we're apparently sort of in the '90s. Uh, there's a racist Southern cop, etc., etc. I don't want to spoil it for anybody because it was really fucking good. Nice. I, I, I just, I liked the fuck out of it from the very first page all the way, mm-hmm. all the way to the end. I'm like, I cannot wait for the rest of this. Um, I'm glad it's black label so I can, I can get no, part of what I want and, and yeah, yeah. So Sandman Universe, this this is picking up from the Sandman. The, so the Sandman Universe did a Constantine, Hellbla- John Constantine Hellblazer launch series, which basically had his corpse coming back to life. 
which he died at the end of the main run of of John Constantine Hellblazer yep. back in the er, back in the before the New Fifty Two or just after the New Fifty Two, and we always call it the death of Vertigo because that was kind of the last Vertigo comic was the end of Hellblazer, and then uh, so they brought it. He comes back to life, but what we don't what I forgot about was that he was still just a walking corpse. And so this dead in America is just picking up from that story. And yep. uh, yeah, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Yeah. That was yeah. the, that was the good, the good trigger line in there is he's like, you mm-hmm. know, we left England weeks ago and my heart hasn't beat since. And it's mm-hmm. like, this is new and different. Yep. So yeah, yep. I'm really looking forward to it. The whole thing with the, with the racist Southern cop was fucking mm-hmm. perfect. Just yes. perfect. So if you haven't picked that up. And then the other one I read this week was Ultimate Spider-Man number one, which I will obviously hand off to you. Um, but I liked it. God damn it. <laughs> I'm probably going to pick it up mm-hmm. until I don't like it anymore. Mm-hmm. So what about you? So my thought was on Ultimate Spider-Man, when they when Hickman was like, I'm bringing back the Ultimates, and I'm like, so... And he does starts with Ultimate Invasion, which I was like, that seems weird. Okay. I didn't pick it up because I figured I'd get it in trade. I have yet to see the trade come out. He probably has. It hasn't yet, I don't believe. Yeah, I don't think the trade's come out yet. I'm like, Marvel, get on the fucking trade. Uh, but anyway, um, I guess what happened in the, in the, in the Ultimate Invasion um, is that... Because uh, I'm like, how do you bring back the Ultimate Universe? It was literally destroyed three times over. And only Miles Morales escaped it. Um, and then how do you bring back Peter Parker as Ultimate Spider-Man? Because he died as a teenager in the comic, which made Miles Morales the Ultimate Spider-Man after that. Um, so anyway, I was I, I, I was like, okay, how do they do this? And, and they basically explain it um, as you move through the book. Um, so Peter is... Uh, he's a 30-year-old guy now, working for still working for uh, the Daily Planet. Uncle Ben is one of the managing editors there. And uh, so is, uh, you know, of course, so J. Jonah Jameson is the editor-in-chief. Um, they're going through the whole corporate wants you to do it this way, and we don't want to do it this way. And so Jameson quits. Um, but meanwhile, Peter is, you know, it's like, uh, it's funny, because Jameson going through the, walking through the newsroom screaming Parker, and he walks past Peter, and he's like, oh, hey, Peter, how you doing? And then runs into Ben's office to yell at him. <laughs> <laughs> why, uh, that was awesome. Why are you uh, yelling at me? Because you're hard of hearing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, the idea is, is that these guys, some people went back in time to the in, in the Ultimate Universe and basically prevented any heroes from happening. And somehow they must have prevented the mutants from happening because one of the things that definitely was a big destructor of the Ultimate Universe was Magneto, Ultimate Magneto. So they must have prevented mutants from happening as well. But uh, somebody had, a Tony Stark had rescued some of the things they stole. One of them was the spider that bit uh, Peter in Ultimate Spider-Man number one. And uh, by Brian Michael Bendis uh, and... Uh, Oh, I can't remember his name, but anyway, uh, they it bit him, and so they they have it, and so Peter at the end, um, this is this is sort of a, you get to have your legacy that you feel like you haven't had, and even Aunt Mary Jane's like, you've I've always felt like you knew there was something missing in your life, and it wasn't me, and it wasn't the kids, there's something else. So what is it? It's this must be it, and I loved that. 
Um, so we get Spider-Man back, but he's he's a much he's starting out much older. He's not starting out as a teenager. Got a beard, and he's married and has two kids. Yeah, sounds like a, it. Just it's it seems like a, it's it's a lot of fun, and I'm 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 interested in it. Meanwhile, um, in the Ultimate Invasion, a bunch of people got killed, including May Parker, um, including Harry Osborn's kid uh, parents. Norman Osborn was killed in, instead of becoming. The Green Goblin. So here's Harry, who is basically now a vigilante superhero, is the Green Goblin as a vigilante superhero. So that'll be interesting to see how that, if that, if they wind up working together or working against each other, that'll be interesting. But yeah, uh, overall, cool comic, and I want more. Yep. Um, Somebody hit from, Hickman I, in the head. Yeah. From. Uh, James Bond 00 from uh, Dynamite. We get James Bond 007 by Garth Ennis. <laughs> oh, my God. I picked it up. I just haven't had time to read it. But oh, I did pick my it God. Up. I could not believe this book. Um, okay, a couple of little racist things that, were, that bothered me. And, uh, uh, well, one isn't necessarily racist, but it still bothered me. And I'm like, that feels weird. But I'm going to let you go with it because, you're, you know, it's a Garth Ennis thing, maybe. But the uh, the the thing that was a true Garth Ennis is the final scene. I won't I won't spoil it. But the final scene is a true Garth Ennis moment, and it just made me it just made me laugh when I saw it. Um, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. The only thing that would have made it more brilliant is if Steve Dillon were still alive to draw this. You know, <laughs> it was just brilliant. Yeah, it's just brilliant. So if you're a fan of the Ennis, as I as you know I am, here is the Garth Ennis. You do James like Bond. some giant throbbing Ennis. Giant throbbing Ennis, anytime I can get it. Um, is your hunger for Ennis as big as Jocelyn's <laughs> hunger for Cox? It could be. It could possibly be. <laughs> oh, my Lord, you guys are like 13-year-olds sometimes. Most times. Most times. <laughs> Exhausting. <laughs> And then uh, from Chip Zdarsky um, and Daniel Acuna, Avengers Twilight. This takes place in the not-so-distant future. Um, I was picturing the Avengers sparkly, sorry. I know, it's sparkly Avengers. Uh, Steve Rogers is now a very old man. The uh, super soldier serum is out of his, is no longer in his system. Thank you, Chip and Daniel, for not making him tiny and skinny. Yeah. Looking at you, uh, what was his name? Who did that? Um, he also created the the Hulk's Hulk, Claw. Yeah, um, fuck, I can't remember his name now. Anyway, he was the one who did that. Where he took out, he sucked the super soldier serum out of Steve's body, and he suddenly turned skinny and skinny and tiny again. And I was like, Rick Remender, looking at you, Rick Remender. Yeah. Why would muscles suddenly just go away? That's That was the question. So, yeah, he's still kind of big. He's just old, and he doesn't have the recovery that he had with the super soldier serum. He goes to visit a couple of old friends, Luke Cage, who's in this weird kind of Stark-style um, suit that's keeping him, you know, keeping him upright. We find out later that his, in, his impenetrable skin has also become immobile. Oh, so he needs you? something to kind of make him move. And then, uh, but he's very old. And they also go and they go to hang out with Matt Murdock, who's also very old. Um, and Matt's fighting the good fight. Uh, 
But the whole idea is, is that the Avengers are now a corporate thing owned by Stark and Janet's, uh, Jan's son. Um, and he is a little piece of shit. And uh, the it's a it's a corporate thing. You know, it's all just a lot of good press, good media, but they don't really do anything. And then meanwhile, there's these sort of stark cops that, you know, impose curfews that are, you know, basically America's become a police state. And Steve can't do anything about it because he doesn't have it in him anymore. Until the end. And then that that picks up where Avengers Twilight is going to be. So I, I this is really good. And this is a Darsky thing. So I'm I'm excited for it. I'm there for it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, oh, God damn. Yeah. This is, this is the Avenger. This is a good Avengers, future Avengers story I've wanted for a while. Um, it'll be interesting to see what other Avengers are still kicking around that he can, they can deal with. But apparently there was a big day where all the villains basically found out everybody's secret identities and they all had to, they all had to fight to stop, um, they all had to stop and 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 fight to save their loved ones, and a lot of them died. Boston got completely leveled in the fight somehow, even though they all live in New York. But Boston got leveled. Well, I don't know what. You know, they were real mad at Boston. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but you know, I'm hopefully Zdarsky will explain it because I'm like weird that you said Boston when I know they all live in New York. Um, but yeah, it's uh, there was this really heartbreaking scene with Peter uh, with Spider Man. Um, but yeah, in a flashback. But otherwise, it's. Uh, yeah, it's worth reading, especially if you love Zdarsky, so, which I do. Yeah. Probably more than I love the Ennis. There you go. <laughs> uh, but today is Tuesday. That means tomorrow's Wednesday. It's time to give our picks of the week. You only say hello so you can say goodbye. These two words must make your life complete. You pick out the hearts that break to make your ego high. And I was just your pick of the week. So what are you looking forward to this week? We'll start with Joss. We'll go with the easiest pick of the week, which was uh, from Marvel Comics, Daredevil Black Armor number three. Honestly, I don't think I picked up Daredevil Black Armor number two because December and January are just entirely too crazy and I don't like them. But that's what I will pick up because it's Daredevil and of course I will. How about you, Jeff? What's your mainstream pick? DC Power, a celebration. Uh, Cyborg, meh. John Stewart, yay. Aqualad, meh. Kid Flash, meh. <laughs> Batwing, yay. Anyway, it goes on and on and on. Um, but they take center stage <clears throat> to highlight the power of black uh, excellence in the DC universe. So yay. I'm picking it up because if you don't buy it, it won't make it. Yeah, sure. I'm wondering if it's the because the cover is the same as when they did Power last year. So I'm wondering if it's a reprint. Nah, they're probably just recycling. Yeah, because I have this. I have this one from last year, and the cover was the same, which is why I was like, "Huh, what is this?" Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and then oddly, Star Wars Thrawn. Um, oh. I have always wanted to read the novels, and they are mostly out of print mm-hmm. uh, at this point because they really don't have a lot of longevity to them. 
especially after Disney bought everything. But I've always wanted to know a little more about this blue-skinned fellow. Um, because when people said Thrawn was coming on Ahsoka, everybody got the, the moist underbritches. And I was like, wait, I don't know who the fuck this blue dude is. So why are you all so mm-hmm. excited? It's like, you know, Jocelyn finding out that Charlie Cox is coming to Comic-Con. <laughs> Trust me, it's the only thing that might make me go back to our stupid con. Yeah. <laughs> Just it's it's funny how motivated you are by Cox. I know. <laughs> oh, this episode this sucks. As it were, no pun intended. You have to lean into it. <laughs> yeah. That's where I am, mainstream. Where are you at, mainstream? Uh, for me, uh, for Marvel Comics, um, this is kind of old school. It's, uh, well, it is old school. It's kind of fun. Marvel 2-in-1, Two Against Hydra, the epic collection. Uh, this is a a run of, uh, Marvel 2-in-1, uh, picking up number 20, 22 through 36 in the annual number one in Fantastic Four, annual number 11. Uh, it's going to be more than just the Two Against Hydra, where the thing goes back in time. Uh, with the FF, the Invaders, Liberty Legion, to uh, World War II to battle the Third Reich. Uh, there's um, there's a whole thing with Deathlock that ran for several issues of the thing, of Marvel 2 and 1, and then uh, even a Bermuda Triangle thing where the thing gets to go back in time and punch dinosaurs. So that looks like a lot of fun. And, and you know, people don't really, the thing isn't as popular as it used to be. He used to be the most one of the most popular Marvel characters. Him and Spider-Man were the two most popular Marvel characters, and they had they each had a running series that was a team-up series where another superhero would team up with them, and that was the way Marvel would often intro- would would remind you of these heroes they'd created, and to see if they're you know if they could get a fan response that would say bring back this character somehow. Um, but yeah, it was Marvel two and one, and then uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the Spider-Man one, but yeah, it was. It was always these these two fighting uh, with other heroes, and sometimes fighting other and actually fighting other heroes, or, uh, as, as well as fighting with other heroes. So yeah, it was a it's a it's a lot, it's, it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, from DC, Alan Scott, the Green Lantern number four. If you're not reading Alan Scott, the Green Lantern, you need to start. It's a six issue limited series. You can trade weight if you want. You need to read it. You need to read it. It is so good. I am this trade the, waiting. Yeah. This is, and I'll buy it. I'll buy it in trade when it comes out, just so I have it. Um, it is so good. It is so well done. Um, and now we're moving on to <clears throat> learning about this Red Lantern character that they're introducing. Um, indie picks uh, from Image Comics: Ghost Machine, number one. It's a one-off. It's a, you know, it's a one-off only. Uh, this is basically. All the things that Jeff Johns is trying to and Peter J. Tomasi are trying to do with their sort of shared universe with all these soldier characters, including yeah. um uh what was the name of that robot I liked anyway. Uh Junkyard Joe. So this is going to be kind of a big just kind of a hey, here's all these characters so you know who they are in Ghost Machine. Um and then from IDW, Star Trek Defiant gets an annual and a story that we never get to see on the screen because Denise Crosby's really old now. Uh, but it's uh, basically Sela 
will be doing kind of a weird time travel team up with her mother. Oh. The, uh, you know, of course, uh, Tasha Yar. And, uh, yeah, I want to see that happen. So that's in Star Trek Defiant. How about you, Jeff? What's your indie picks? Going to do Crash Down by Tom Garcia. Um, equal parts lost and alien with a Lovecraftian twist, it says. And I'm like, you know what? That's enough for me. That's coming out from Whatnot Publishing. Um, and then mm-hmm. there's uh, In Utero from IDW. Uh, Akira meets aliens and Annihilation meets uh, Evangelion. Mm. Again, uh, both for mature readers. Both look really good. Uh, this one's uh, Chris Gooch, uh, which is my favorite last name. Um, but yeah, so uh, this one just looks weird, weird as shit, and I like that. So I'm gonna give that a shot. What about you? Uh, from Scout Comics, The Veil Number One. Uh, this is a a new sub imprint focusing on. European creators and formatting. So it's Scout Europe. Uh, it is written by El Torres and it's Enter the World of Chris Luna, a private investigator who works for the dead. But the dead don't pay much. A psychic with the ability to purse the veil between worlds, Chris must return to her hometown to face a lurking darkness that has been waiting for her. I mean, we all know that I kind of like spooky things. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and anytime I can get a voice that I've never heard before, like somebody from Europe, I'm going to try and listen to that for a minute. See what it looks like. That's fair. Yeah. Anything else? Jeff? No. Okay. That's all, so. for my, that's all for my picks of the week. <laughs> my turn? No, we're done, right? Yeah. We're done. Okay. So let's jump into our TARDIS and give our picks of the future. All right, what's your pick of the future, Joss? Um, I'm going to go to Dark Horse and pick up Dudley Datsun and the Forever Machine, number one from Scott Snyder. Uh, Dudley is a 15-year-old with a penchant for invention. But when dastardly foes turn his world upside down, Dudley is going to have to start facing things beyond his wildest imagination. Sounded interesting. It actually is collecting a comicsology series in print for the first time. Mm, there you go. So I thought it sounded kind of cute. I'm going to grab it. Yeah. Take a look at it. How about you, Jeff? What's your pick of the future? I'm doing Sex Criminals Compendium. Ooh. Uh, it's coming out in trade. Um, 31 award-winning, headline-grabbing, head-spinning, genre-defying issues of Sex Criminals, written by Matt Fraction, drawn by Chip Zdarsky, one of my favorite comic series of all time, Yeah, Sex Criminals Compendium. It'll be out March 27th of 2024. Order now. <laughs> it's only 50 bucks. Oh, that's not bad. Not bad at all. Get your orders in now. That we're the reason why we give you these picks is that this is the time to order them, so that you know your shop will know to get them. Um, we were, I was actually in Doctor Volt's on Friday and watching Charles and Jeff do orders, and they were, you know, how many of these do you want? Oh, only this many. How many of these? How about this? You know, it's like if you don't know if you don't know to order, they don't. It doesn't get in there. Uh, for my March pick from DC Comics, looking at Batman Dark Age number one. Uh, this is by Mark Russell and Mike Allred. 
the same team who brought you Superman Space Age. So this is kind of a in a world kind of thing for Batman. But meet Bruce Wayne, Gotham's favorite delinquent son, an origin story like no other. Witness the boy become a dark knight, shaped by a city in turmoil as it marches toward its prophesized doom. And these are always against the backdrop of actual historic events. Hmm. So they did that with Superman Space Age, and they're doing that with Batman Dark Age. It looks like a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, Eisner-nominated Superman Space Age team, Mark Russell and Mike Allred. Taking on the Dark Knight. That is it. Anything else for this week? All right. Uh, Well, um, those who have been with us for a long time uh, with this podcast may remember a segment we used to do called Bob's Question of the Week. This week on Patreon, the return of Bob's Question of the Week. Ooh. So join us this week on Patreon, patreon.com slash media, and you'll get to hear us answer an insightful question from Bob, from our from our former co-host, Ultimate Bob. Speaking of ultimate, the ultimate universe, Ultimate Bob. All the ultimate things are coming back this it's week. It's another uh, invasion. <laughs> so we will uh, we'll do that, and I will say, as I always do, until Luke Cage needs a walker, make mine Marvel. For Hell's Kitchen. For Stan. For Asgard. (laughs) 